Hi, everybody. We are the Georgia Songbirds, and we are here with Miss Jess Zimmerman from the Jess Zimmerman Band. That's a that's hard for me to say. Jess Zimmerman Band. You are not the only one uh, that has trouble like the, with the whole thing. Even sometimes I have to slow myself down because people are like, "The what band?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a country thing. I the accent was like it just it just flows out really fast, and I'm used to saying Jesse, so I'm like Jess Zimmerman. Yeah, oh yeah. So introduce yourself, Jess. Well, um, I'm I'm Jess Zimmerman. So uh, I'm I'm the front lady. I know I'm the front man is normally what they say, but I'm the front lady, I guess, of the of the whole band itself, and a singer songwriter, and I'm just rocking and rolling in this music business. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania, uh, Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. For those of you that are listening, yes, it is Amish country. I live very. Um, deeply in the Amish country. I live on a farm. Um, so all the things. It was, uh, when I was, I'm in Northwest Georgia and I, we're not really Amish country, but when I first moved up here, uh, 30 something years ago, 35, 37, I can't remember now. Uh, there was a few Amish cause I remember seeing them with a horse and buggy just riding up and down the road. They're not here anymore because it's not really like a, I don't know what you call, what do you call that? Like a whole, is, is it a farm? Is it a, what do they call that where they just live? Um, I mean, it, yeah, a farm. Some of them have farmettes kind of thing. Some of them don't even actually farm, but they, um, they have like woodworking or they do furniture or they have bakeries. Um, they are a very like cultured um well-rounded community um some of them are builders um yeah not all of them are farmers but a lot of them you know kind of a lot of them are self-sustainable right i know they have like big communities and stuff i was trying to think what do they call those big communities of, of amish people i guess just communities of word <laughs> i don't know yeah I thought it was yeah word. it's just a big community yeah it's a community and maybe there's a word that i've never called it <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I missed it, but I've always just known it as the Amish and, and the Mennonite communities in the area, um, just from living here. So. So that's, that's pretty cool. This is the first time that Amish has ever came up on this show. <laughs> it is. And I know a lot of people from Pennsylvania because it's, I've, I've met a lot. I, I, since I've started doing this, when I first started for Northwest Georgia's kind of, I, I'm a singer songwriter. I have a band. So I'd kind of like, I know people around town, so I'll, start that off with them and see whoever else wants to come on a show. And what I found is there's a ton. I get a lot of Canadians that come on a show, but also a ton of Pennsylvanians, Pennsylvanians, people from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, wherever yeah. you're from in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvanians. Yeah. 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 So, so there's a lot of, so what got you into music and uh, how's the scene out there for you? Uh, so oddly enough, there is, a music scene in Pennsylvania and uh, maybe because we started out with Amish, I say oddly enough, because you wouldn't really necessarily put um, maybe those two things together, but there, there's, is a pretty good music scene and it's not just country music or um, the band is classified more like country rock. We do a wide variety of music, but as a little girl, I, I grew up on a dairy farm. Um, all of my family is involved in agriculture. Um, and I guess I'll preface it. I, I'm not Amish. So <laughs> I know didn't really even segue there, but I'm not Amish. Um, I did grow up with a Mennonite background though. Um, so those are a little bit different in culture um, from each other. 
Um, but I, uh, I'm no longer would classify myself, classify myself as, as Mennonite. I feel like a lot of the moral background I, I still carry, but I don't wear like a bonnet or anything. Um, I have bright red hair tattoos. And so that doesn't <laughs> normally classify as a Mennonite, but that I grew up, like I said, on a dairy farm and, and music was always something very popular. Um, I should say like in my family. So like something either my grandmother really enjoyed to do. She plays an instrument. Um, you know, my mom's side, they were always very into like the, the hymns and church and, and that kind of thing. So music has always been very prevalent and, and I guess popular is the word between my family. And it just kind of was always instilled, um, in us as kids, you know, whether it was church or, um, our own instrument. Um, and then, you know, living on a farm, I think you kind of get you know, married into the country music world of things because you're living out the songs essentially. Yes. So uh, it's always been a very prevalent thing in my life. And then I've always enjoyed singing. Singing was always kind of my instrument. I never really felt drawn to, you know, anything in particular. I, I really enjoy piano, but it just didn't stick with me. I mean, I tried it for a while, but I was like, nah, I just want to sing. So I started at a really young age singing and and taking vocal lessons and and kind of going from there and writing very interesting songs at a young age that you look back and you're like, that was like probably my first song and hopefully I will never write a song again. Okay. Um, but it's got to start somewhere. So. Yes. You mentioned first songs. What was your first song about? Do you remember? Oh, man. I... So I actually don't know anymore, but I found the cassette tape that I like. I remember sitting um, cassette tape. Wow. Yeah. A cassette tape is what I recorded it on in my bedroom, like crisscross applesauce in front of the cassette tape player. And I hit record and I didn't like it. So I would rewind it, record it again. And I found that tape. But over time, um, the tape that's in the actual cassette warped. So I... I'll never be able to hear it, but I know it's on there. I couldn't tell you to the life of me what it was about. Um, but I remember finding um, just recently I went through some old books and I have like little, little sections of things that I wrote. And most of them were about animals. I know one was about a butterfly. Um, <laughs> so I think when you grow up on a farm, you know, that's you, you write about your surroundings and and mine was very uh, uh, outdoorsy agriculture um, kind of thing. So that's what I wrote about. <laughs> How many acres did you guys have? Um, so we, I grew up on a family farm that was down from the generations uh, um, on my dad's side. And um, to this day, it's still in our family. Um, and it's about a 62 acre farm. Oh, so, I, uh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember when I was, was going to say in, in Lancaster County, it kind of nestled in there. So um, it's a, a big family oriented thing. So my, um, my cousin lives in the farmhouse. My, my grandma lives across the Creek. My uncle lives next to her. Like it's this little, um, hub, mm -hmm. um, in sweet Lancaster County. Uh, but what say like, if you ever come down to Georgia and you come on the show, which you're always more than welcome to, uh, we do it here Absolutely at, the, love that. at the house. It's family owned land. It's like nine acres total. It's my house, my mom's house, which she passed away, but I own, we got a family graveyard. And we do the gazebo. I do it always. The interviews in the gazebo or in the studio that I'm building, depending on the weather. Uh, but you yeah. mentioned you more well. But you mentioned farms, and it reminded me when I was a kid. We lived in uh, Eatonton, which is like South Georgia, and we had an 18 acre farm. And I remember feed. I was like five that I still remember feeding the cows with bottles. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I, my sisters, uh, to this day, both work on a dairy farm. Um, one of them is the the calf manager, um, at a dairy farm. So she is very familiar with feeding calves, uh, in cows with bottles and, uh, and all of that. And then my, um, my middle sister, um, she does all the feeding of the cattle. And, um, at the last that I talked to them, there was about 750, um, milking cows at the time, um, which was just recently. So there could be give or take more or less. Um, but it's, a it's a very, uh, I should say the dairy industry is very big in my family. My dad's a hoof trimmer, which is like pedicures for a cow. Ooh. Um, and my brother-in-law is now getting into that as well. And, um, yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where like, uh, it's so instilled in my family that I, I wouldn't trade it. I would not have wanted to grow up a different way. Like, you know, those remembering feeding the calves with a bottle, like so nostalgic. And I would not have wanted to grow up in a city. Um, you know, nothing wrong with that. That just as I'm glad I didn't have that. Yeah. I'm not allowed in the city. I've never lived in a city in my life. I live, I've always lived out in the mountains or in the woods and I, we didn't have like that for dairy farm. I remember they, I can't remember why we had just calves. I think something happened to the mom when she died or whatever. Uh, I was five. I don't remember any of that. I just remember feeding them with bottles. <laughs> yeah. but I, and I also remember a headless chicken running at me. I, that scared the, the hell out of me. But I, I remember that. And it's like, oh, we're feeding it. And we're giving it names. And then they take them to the cows later to the slaughter. I was like, so we didn't have a dairy farm. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I... I grew up on a dairy farm, but I'm not, I, I'm not a very good farm, I guess, quote girl, because I did not do well. I have two dogs. I don't know if you can hear them coming yes. through. I thought it was mine <laughs> in there. So <laughs> well, it doesn't yeah, bother I me. have two, uh, two blue healers. And, uh, so if you, you know anything about the herding dog breed, they are very loud and energetic. Yes. Um, but I did not do well on the dairy farm aspect of like animals, you know, doing the circle of life. I didn't want to know about it. I was like, if it's my pet, I don't want to know. And, um, I love all of the, I, you know, I love a good burger and a good steak, but I don't want to know if it was Daisy, you know? <laughs> right. I never, I never so, understood why we had good. to name them. If, if you're just going to take yeah, them away. Right? <laughs> I, I remember wow. my, I've told this story before, but my, uh, my papa, he taught me, uh, a valuable lesson that he could, that was kind of old, kind of old school. Uh, I was like, again, I was like four or five years old. I might've been a little bit younger, but I, I still remember the lesson is he's like, Jesse, I want you to put your hand and your knee on the ground. I want you to grab that fence right there. Cause it was the barbed wire electric fence we had for the cows. I grabbed that thing and I got electrocuted. And now, I mean, I cried and I'm like, good. He's like, now, you know, not to touch it. You just had to tell me not to touch it. I wouldn't have touched yeah. it, Papa. But I, I learned that lesson from, from the, I remember the yeah. days and I only spent until I was five. We had a lake that we'd go swimming in and we had fish. And I remember that they, they, me and my sister would jump in and we had so many fish back then they would stock it for you. I don't know if they still yeah. do, uh, but we got in and they're just, all the fish are just biting you. They're so hungry. So they're just nibbling on you as you're swimming. Yeah. It's just, uh, I feel like a lot of the, the things that I have learned growing up on a farm have also transpired into like the business realm of things for me in my music career or just like my work ethic or, you know, working while the sun's still shining. Uh, you know, cause you don't know when you're going to have a bad day, kind of the same way. Like you got to play the gig cause you don't know when you might not have one. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I love, I love the farm life. Um, I, my husband and I, we just got four chickens, uh, and I'm, I'm like, 
the dog and chicken mom and I'm loving it. <laughs> <laughs> My wife wanted chicken. Like, no, they're so nasty. I no, thank you. There's too many. Hey, listen, with the price of eggs right now, right? With the price <laughs> of eggs right now, I think I got a gold mine in our backyard. <laughs> Right. <laughs> the golden ticket and you got a golden ticket and you got a golden ticket. <laughs> That's right. So with your farm life and stuff, uh, how are you, are you traveling? Are you touring? What are you doing with your, with your band? Yeah. So, um, we're, we're traveling a lot actually. So, um, my, my husband and I, we live on the farm, but we don't actively, you know, we're not actively involved in a lot of the things that go on there yet. Like we have the chickens and stuff, but, um, with living on here, we more or less just live here and other family takes care of that. So that is nice. But um, I do a lot of traveling with the band. We actually just got back from Nashville. We recorded our fourth album and it's set to release May 21st. And okay. I'm stoked about it. Um, Nashville, we usually go down for a week. So I, I literally got back yesterday from Tennessee. Um, and it was just kind of a whirlwind of a trip, but we, we travel a lot with the band. We have a lot of shows, um, out of state. Um, we have some coming up in Myrtle beach. We do Florida, um, the Carolinas. Uh, we haven't, we've done something in Georgia, but it was only like for a hot minute. So we need mm -hmm. to make sure that we put Georgia on the map again. And, uh, we do a lot in Pennsylvania and the surrounding States because obviously they're so much closer. Um, but yeah, touring has been, um, it can be a lot. But at the same time, um, I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything because we get to share our music with people and, and play and sing in front of people and perform that we maybe never would have before. Okay. And where did you get your album recorded at? We recorded it at Omni Sound Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, it's on Division Street down in Nashville. And it's been there for a while. It is... It's just, a, we've done all four of our records. Well, yeah, the fourth one, just finishing. We've done all of our records there from the first one, second, third, and now this last. And we've just had such a great experience there. And the people that we've worked with, we've continually tried to have them the same on this every record if we can. Uh, and and most times it's worked out. There's a couple times it hasn't where we have to get a, you know, a different studio musician or whatever, but it has been an awesome experience. So I'm like, okay, well, why change a good thing right now? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, Omni sound studios, it's just been an awesome, like, I, I think I'm still in shock. Cause I literally just got back from Nashville. And I'm like, did we just do all that? Like we did. That's so cool. <laughs> well, what I do here for your music is let's listen to some of your music. We'll do like a song and we'll talk some more and, uh, we'll go that way. But what I'm going to do is share the screen so that you can see, um, the Spotify stuff, and I made sure I followed your guys. So is it under just yours or the Jess Zimmerman band? Um, it's under uh, the Jess Zimmerman band. Yeah. So this is a, a yeah. There's there's two. I don't know why I put two on there. I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> see, I got two under two. I put one there, and then I put the band for Yes, Ma'am, but it stands for Middle Aged Men. So you'll see an M A M, and that's us. Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> So which song do you want to do first, Jess? There, I have whatever oh is on Spotify. Oh, I can goodness. do anything you want. On Spotify. Let's do. So come on home. Uh, we were talking about the farm. Like come on home is definitely like when I go back to my home farm where I grew up, like that is like my kind of my safe place. But it also 
the song is a um, double meaning of like coming on home to like your heavenly home or like going to heaven and like the place that you can find eternal peace. So like come on home, I think it was, it would be, you know, that's a good one to go into. And then one more country song. I mean, that's all about everything country. Oh yes. <laughs> uh, see, and when you put the word home in any song, it turns it country. It doesn't matter what it is. It's just, there's something. Yeah, I know. Right. I can't think of any songs with the word home that doesn't have country. Now you put house, it may not be country. Like house of the rising sun is not a country song. <laughs> no that is not no but we yeah you can make it country you can make it you know anything with home and country like you said what i'm gonna do is mute us and play it so just give me a thumbs up when you hear
I always ask guests, do you like to hear yourself sing? But you're singing along to your songs. So I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if I like to hear myself sing, but I I do like to hear the song. You know, I I I do enjoy that. But it is weird sometimes that I try not to think about it being me. Maybe I separate myself. I'm just like, oh, it's a song. But yeah. if I think about it being me, then I get really critical. So. <laughs> Also, I think all songwriters do that. So I always make my little notes on here. And one of the notes I was sitting here listening to it, it's like, uh, it would make like a good jingle or like a hall, like a Hallmark movie song. I'm, <laughs> I'm just listening to That's it. Great. I don't know why it made me think of Folgers, like the Folgers coffee commercials, but it made me think of the Ooh. Folgers coffee commercials. Yeah. Like you're coming home for the holidays and you finally get your cup of coffee with your family. Yep. I dig it. You'll take I that money, it. right? <laughs> That's right. Come on, Folgers. I love coffee. So, see now, are, are you getting into music full time? Uh, music is my full time gig. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, which feels really good to say, especially after 2020, because that was a hard year for a lot of us. But um, my husband, he also works uh, full time. Um, he's a, a part salesman at a tractor company um, mm-hmm. m- located here in Pennsylvania. It's called Messix. So I don't know if you guys have a Messix down there. I know they they di- distribute all over the United States, but so he's a tractor salesman, um, which made me really feel like I sound super country now because I'm like, oh, I live on a farm and oh, my husband tra- sells tractor parts. <laughs> hey, I'm writing this down. We're going to write a song together right now. You know, that's right. Yeah, that's you can always write a song about that kind of stuff. So um, when I'm traveling, uh, he. If he can come along, he does. But a lot of times he uh, he stays home, kind of holds the fort down and mm-hmm. um, Feeds chicken, that's his right? full time gig. And then I I uh, I'm the one that doesn't have to work. Quote, I get to go have the rock and roll job. <laughs> See, that's that's really cool. And yeah, it, that's what when you talk about country music. When anybody plays music, it's got to be authentic. That's the one thing about country music is if you live the life and you live the life of a country girl, you're sitting there and you're, you're just said it. You living on a, a 60 acre farm. You ha- your husband's a tractor salesman, you know, you, you have Amish background, Mennonite background. I mean, you, you're, you live the life you're, you're there that people can't say that you're not authentic. Now, if you went into rap, they may question what you know about rap. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. And I, I would not know the first thing ab- about it. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't. And I, and I even think sometimes even in country music, there's, there's even more country than I am. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, there's, you know, the, there's a whole nother world of things you get to the rodeo and, you know, you go to Texas, that is a whole nother realm of country that I'm, I don't really I know about it, but I don't live it. I live right. a different style of country, but you know, the fundamentals I think are all the same, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And see what I think is cool is cause like you got your red hair. So you go in here and people are like, Oh, she's red haired tattoo. She's a rocker. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Hey. I, yeah, I, I, um, I definitely have a little bit of, uh, a, a, not a, a different perception of people, but, um, I kind of get that. They're like, Oh, like the red hair tattoo thing. And then do very classic country. And, um, on the flip side, then our band, we play classic rock. We do paradise city. We have our new album has a couple pretty rocky songs on, um, that are not traditional country. Okay. So, um, I think it's a little cool little marriage of the two genres that we have because I like both genres and I don't feel like I have to just be one. See, now you mentioned covers too. So uh, that's 
one of the issues that always comes up, not issue, but it's always a conversation that I do here on, on the show. Uh, so you do covers, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a cover challenge that I always ask my guest. I give them a song Uh-oh. and it's no, there's no time limit on it. You do it at your leisure whenever you can. Uh, but you okay. do it your, you do it your way because I'm, I'm not a big proponent of doing covers just cause I could never do them. So if I do a cover, I'm going to change it. I'm going to make it fit my voice and fit my style of playing. So the same thing right. for you. So I'll think of one and you mentioned paradise city. So, okay, now I can dabble a little bit in a rock side and you find something for you. And as we go on, I'll, I'll think about it. And, uh, I could throw it out there to you. There's no time limit. If you, if you don't want to do it, you say, I don't do it, Jesse. That's fine. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's, that is one that, uh, that we, uh, we do throw in there. So maybe I set myself up. <laughs> you sure did. You had to be careful what you say on this show. You, if you say it, I will. Okay. Well then let's see what we can, we can get with you on it and we'll figure it out. Yeah. I always have like, I always like to do like a 20 questions game. And what I started doing too, um, is just interjecting them into, our conversations. So I have here the will of death. I call it. Oh gosh. Okay. And, and I'm ready. First question for you. And then we'll do all through it, but just my little, so you can hear the tick, 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 tick. The price is right. Come on down. Have you ever had a paranormal experience? A paranormal experience? Paranormal. Yeah. Like a ghost or anything. Ooh. Um, no, I, I don't, I don't feel that I, I have had, one of those encounters um i do feel that like spirits and that whole realm of the world is very real um but uh i pray over that and tell jesus that i'm not <laughs> looking at i just shut the door on all that i don't i don't like to mess with that kind of stuff <laughs> i know when uh me and my my basis and another friend we went to um kentucky they've got the um the uh, tuberculosis center what's that place called this sanitarium in Louisville, around Louisville, and it's like one of the most haunted places in the world. And so we went. That's what they say. We went like at eleven o'clock at night. You pay like a hundred bucks, and you get to go in at eleven o'clock at night, and you stay till like seven in the morning. So we're walking through there, and they put you in the dark, and it's like you, you just feel stuff. And I remember we went into one room, and we're doing the questions. You know, I don't know if you ever watched those shows. Like, oh, is there a ghost? Have you been here? Blah blah blah. And we're we're done. So nothing happened. As soon as we walk out the door, the door slams behind us. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, time to go home. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. That's nope. That's uh nope. I have not, I, I don't like do any, like, I, I don't, uh, yeah, nope. No paranormal stuff. Um, I don't like the dark. Um, I don't like Halloween. I don't like any, I'm like, that's a whole thing that I just, uh, I almost tell myself is not there because I feel like it's so <laughs> there and so prevalent in the world. I don't even want to think about it. You guys so, like uh, a, a haunted farm or something? In, in no, absolutely not. No, nope. And I think when you grow up on a farm too, like, and, and at least for me, like you get up at the wee hours of the morning. The last thing I want to think <laughs> about at three o'clock in the morning is like a ghost floating around the dairy farm. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I just need to go do my job and hope that uh, everything goes well for the day. <laughs> yes. What what had what got you like into music? What influenced you to pick up that guitar and start singing and playing music? And what what made you want to do what you're doing now? Um, I'd have to say my grandma has been a big part of that. I mean, she's just always been very involved in music. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that like I had like an epiphany with an instrument. It was more just like singing. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I loved to sing. Like um, my mom has a video of me when I was two and I was walking around literally singing into this little like toy microphone. And so like, it's just something I feel like has always been instilled in me. Um, and um, as I got older, I just kind of just cultivated in, into kind of figuring out what I wanted to do with it. And, um, you know, I didn't know for a while, I'd say probably 2000 and 2016 was one of the biggest turning points of me being like, okay, I think I can make this a career. Um, and then 2019, um, was a very big turning for me point for me personally, cause I went through um, some of my own things with my mental health and, um, just some personal journeys that I, um, went through. And after coming out of that, um, and continuing on, I've been like, this is what I'm meant to do. Like, this is it. So it's just kind of always been something inside of me. It's just never, um, you know, didn't like fall out of the sky one day. <laughs> Do you remember the first song that you, that you learned to play? Uh, the first song I learned to play on the piano was amazing grace. Okay. Um, it was my grandpa's favorite, uh, my grandpa's favorite song. Um, I learned to play. That was my first one. And as far as my first song to sing, um, the video that my mom has of me singing is Jesus loves me. So I would imagine that was one of the first songs I learned to sing. So, um, I thought that was pretty cool to see that, you know, after being all these years now and having four records and, um, full time doing music, knowing that at two years old, this is something that I was doing is, was pretty cool. See my, I always like listening to people, other songwriters journeys and stuff, because for like you said, your your grandparents, they they love the church and music and their favorite song was Amazing Grace. My yeah. grandfather's and grandmother's songs that I remember, they did a lot of drinking and partying, but the favorite song that I remember they had was The Bottle Let Me Down. Okay. So that was yeah. the first song I tried to learn on guitar. I couldn't really, I couldn't pick it up just because I was always horrible with time. Like you give me a drum beat, I can follow it, but... <laughs> I, I think that's something too. They say with singers that singers can't keep time. Isn't that like a, a joke? Uh, it's, <laughs> it, I would say it's a joke, but it's the truth. <laughs> I have this complex and we just talked about it in Nashville when we were getting, when we were recording our, my vocals um, uh, on day, first day we were doing vocals. Cause it's a very long two days of vocals. Cause we kind of knock it out. And uh, I remember we, there was a timing that was coming in for this one song and we had changed it a couple of times. And I kept saying, I have this complex about coming in on this certain timing. And because when I was in third grade, I had a, a solo and I missed the, the timing to come in and I just stood there in front of everyone. And to this day, it's like this thing in the back of my mind where I'm like, I don't know how to count. I don't know how to count, but I really, I really do. Like if I feel it, if I let it flow, mm-hmm. I got it. If I think about it, I can count it, but it's this, you know, this thought that we can't actually count, but we can, we can, we're going to break the mold. We can count. <laughs> See, I have my issue. It's not the count is if I start counting is I'll count out loud. So instead oh. of singing, I'll start counting one, two. Oh, wait, we're supposed to sing. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it happens all the time. So what I do is I just wait and I listen for like a snare or I listen for a bass. Yeah. I, I'll listen to the music and that's what a timey, but yeah. otherwise it's like, what that okay can come on an upbeat of two what are you talking about when you yeah. when you what am i supposed to listen for i'm not counting if you want me to count yeah. 
just hey. give me give me the snare or give me a bass run or give me a guitar riff or yep. or something along those lines I, I feel like i follow that um very much so the same way when i listen to a song like if i'm going to sing I, I pull everything out but either like just the drums and the guitar or just the guitar like the acoustic and i'll follow it that way that that helps yeah. me yeah no hey whatever you got to do every everybody's got their own own way of learning what's some ways that you do what's some tips that helps you so i am a repetitive listener so i will listen to a song on repeat for like back to back maybe like 20 minutes Mm -hmm. and then i don't listen to it again for a while um because then i feel like if i listen to it too much then i overthink it um and then if i come back to it I'll listen to it again. And I'm like, usually I can memorize it. And a lot of times with country music, it's a story. Mm -hmm. So I'll go through and I'll listen to the lyrics and I'll paint this story in my mind, whether I'm the character or I know somebody that's the character or I'm relating the life, you know, my life to it or someone I know's life to the song. And so I try and remember it that way. So as I go with the story, I can remember you know, the storyline. And then I can remember the lyrics of the song. So that's usually how for me, I remember it. Um, otherwise, you know, if it doesn't have a good storyline or it doesn't have a, a way to kind of like explain something, I, I, it is tough to learn something like that. Cause I'm like, well then what am I, what am I even singing about here? <laughs> well, let's listen to another one of your songs, which one do you want to do next? We should do a uh, big white truck. Cause that was a tough song while the, chorus is really simple and it's really easy to learn because it has a simple hook the verses for me were so difficult to learn because it was it was an interesting way of singing a song it was describing a truck versus a storyline of like you know you know what I mean when I say a country storyline, you know what I mean? Something starts here, you know, whatever. So that was a tough one, but we listened to that one. That's a good, people enjoy that song. It It is a very fun song, um, but that was a, a tough one for me to learn to memorize lyrically. Yeah. 
right. It is a very rocky kind of song. It's fun. It is. You're very rocky. <laughs> you got to have trucks on. Like Toby Keith has his and uh, had it chrome. Or no, that was uh, Trace Atkins chrome. Trace Atkins. Toby Keith had one a big old truck. Yeah. His earlier ones. Yeah, see, too many. I listen to too much music. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, the, I feel like every you know, trucks just seem like they go hand in hand. And we actually put out a music video um, for that that song on YouTube, and so it's it was just so fun all around. Um, but it was tough for me to like lyrically memorize. You know, it's like Cat L six five point nine per like all of these like things that go along with this truck, and I'm like learning about these you know all of all these things with this truck and i'm also trying to like memorize the song at the same time and, and make it sound cool you know right. i don't want to just sound like i'm talking about a truck <laughs> so now was that session you said session musicians that you had playing on it or did your band get to go with you uh so it was both actually um which was really cool so um our drummer um bass guitar and then myself obviously um they were they were sitting in on the uh the session so they played all of those those parts and then we have um a gentleman that comes in and does like banjo or fiddle or violin um we'll also play um some overdubs of acoustic guitar if we need it um he's awesome he's so fun he wears these like bib overalls every time and he sounds like he's from like Southern Louisiana. Um, he's just, he's just the coolest dude. And then um, um, we also have a studio musician come in and do some keys, um, adding in some organs um, if we need them on a song. Um, and then as we go into the vocal part, we have um, a background vocalist. So we'll come in and do some of the songs. And then I will also do some of my own background. So that particular song, Big White Truck, we did um, a combination of all of the guys in the band and myself and did kind of like a gang like a, a, a big group vocal over top so every song is a little bit different in how it's put together but the core of it is is the band yeah well that's cool and that's what i like because you when you i'd say if, you, if they haven't played on that song and you go out to play that one out live that seems a little bit you gotta know what you're doing on that one because the, the leads and stuff was really good oh, yeah I, I like thanks that. Thank I like you. Your, yeah, your... we try before we go to Nashville, we try and have the concept of what we're looking for for the song kind of in order already. And then mm -hmm. when we get there, the recording process and the studio musicians, we like to say like enhance or like sprinkle on their touch to what we've already established. So that has been a big, a big uh, benefit for us. And also it saved us a lot of time and money because mm -hmm. we have so much prepared going to Nashville. Which is the key to save yeah. time and money. <laughs> That's right. Now you had a, uh, I was just, your vibrato came out on that one. Yeah. I, it's there's, there's some songs with vibrato and I had to actually, we have a running joke when we were in Nashville this last time I would start to sing. And before I would even get there, I'm like, hang on, just let me redo it. Cause I know my vibrato was too crazy. <laughs> I got to back it off. So yeah, that tends to just be uh, a part of my vocal that sometimes I don't really think about. I don't know if it's just because that's how I sang as um, as a kid and, and as I grew. It was just a stylistic thing that I learned to do. Um, though in the recording process, having too much vibrato can throw the note out of 
at the pitch and doesn't always mesh well. So I have to sing a little straighter from time to time. <laughs> I, I've, I've been pulled back too, because I, I don't mind the vibrato. I have one too. And, and I always, I, it's funny that I actually learned that word, whatever it means, because I, I always did it to know what it was. I just, yeah. I, I had a shaky voice, you know, just my voice. But I'm, I'm listening to it and I, and I like that. I didn't have any problem with it. But I, I have had producers like Jesse, straight, do this, do this line, come back in. You know, I, I get it. Yeah. That, that stuff always drives me crazy because it, I know they producers sometimes get very anal about that stuff. They want it perfect and they want it just right. I get it. They're putting their name on it. But as, right. a, as a singer, you're sitting there and playing. It's like, I just want to get rid of the damn song. Let's go to the next one. Yeah, just let me move on. We, I would just say, you know, it happened. There would be different times, and then like they would play it back, and I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I need to sing it straighter, and and um, you know, as as I've been doing, this is the fourth record. I feel like our fourth record for me vocally was the most. Uh, I feel the most accomplished with my lead vocal um, and how it was approached in this new record. So not that the other ones were bad. Um, and no, I don't mean that at all. It was just, as we go into this new record, I'm like, okay, I feel like I kind of have a little bit more of a bearing of like what I am and who I am in the vocal booth and, and in the recording studio. Found your stride as a musician and, a, and an artist. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's the name of your album? Can you, can you say? Yeah, I can. So the new album is called be the light. And the, we, it is um, a 10-track album. We have a title track on there. One is titled Be the Light. So we are, we're looking forward to it. We're having a release party May 21st. And I, I can't wait. Uh, I have honestly felt so good about all these songs. You know, I think a lot of times if we're all being honest, you do an album or you do an EP and, and some songs just really resonate with you. And then other songs you like, you know, and I hope that if you put an album out, there's not a song on there that you really dislike because uh, maybe you should, you know, revisit it at a time. I I really am very happy with all of these songs and, I, and, the, and the concept of what Be The Light stands for and how it can be interpreted to so many different people. And whether you are a believer, whether you're not, whether you just need something positive, whether you want something that feels good, has a good groove is really deep and moving. I feel like this whole album offers all of that. So I'm, I'm really pumped about it. Yeah, I like that. I like to hear every other artist is like when they put an artist and they do like an album, they name it something. I always curious if it's like a theme, do you have like a theme for be the light? Cause before I never have, I just put my, I like my song and I put them together. We did now I'm called one shot. It's just songs. I like to put it together with a band. Uh, yeah. And then like, I know some songwriters, like I got an artist, a band, a, from my personal songwriter page, it's like 20 years worth of songs. And I never took it down. Yeah. I've changed the way I sing and the way I play, but I like to go back and listen to it. But it, as talking to more and more songwriters, it's funny that they have like themes. I'm like, maybe I should have a theme to my music instead of just playing. Well, you know, and I, I think that's uh, something like, uh, cause you, you are a songwriter. So you, you're creating and there's so many things that we can create alongside of just songs and uh, that's something I really enjoy so I really enjoyed the process of kind of creating this concept album I guess um, and somebody that really does that a lot is Taylor Swift I mean yes if you listen to any of her stuff or you go in and pick an album out you'll know that's a concept 
album. The songs all have a certain concept behind mm -hmm. them and the lyrics and the meanings and all of that stuff. So I really wanted an album to kind of take hold of that. Now our, our album, our very first album was, was kind of like you were saying, we just, we kind of put songs together and figured out what we wanted to do. And that was our first one. We, I didn't really know what was going to happen. And then our next album was titled red and not only because I have red hair, it kind of cultivated this idea that all the songs on there were some line of red, you know, or some feeling of red. They were either bold or they were fierce or they were in love or however they, you could have some shade of red with these songs. And so that was how that one had. And then our third album was breathe and breathe came from, um, out of 2019, which was my own struggles with mental health and kind of dis discovering some things I had been dealing with my whole life and finally seeking treatment for them. So this album breathe came from, you know, like breathe, breathing brings life and also just being able to step back and breathe so that you can kind of regain your, um, your centered self and regain your thought process. And, uh, so that was the concept album of what breathe was and, and just to feel good, but then also when mental health, like there's times where you feel really good and then there's times where you feel really dark and you're not, so that was how that went. And then be the light. Like I said, I wanted it to, I always wanted a, a, a song called be the light. And so that song came about and, and it was written. And then when, as we were kind of writing more songs, I was like, I think this should be the, the title track of this whole album and I was like I, I think this is bright and bold but deep and moving and groovy and feel good and all these things which being the light is that you know so it just all kind of fell into place so I try not to forward think too much because now I'm like well what about the next record what are we gonna do? <laughs> like the other the, be the light isn't even technically out yet but in my head I'm like oh my word I I gotta what's gonna we gotta write we gotta write more songs we gotta keep going so you know, always working as a songwriter, you know? Oh, yes. I, I totally know that because I'm sitting there and the album that we're working on is the only album I've really ever put a, a theme to it. And it was funny because I was like, and the only reason I did it because I, I, I caught myself not having themes. We're sitting talking about I never had themes. Like I just put stuff together, whatever. I call our music mutt music because it's a mixture of blues and rock and arm. It's just different. Everything. Love that though. Comes together. I'll let you hear something at the end. Um, yeah. So the next album that we're doing is like, okay, I'm a heathen. I come from a heathen's background. That's just what I am. My dad was a biker. You know, my grandma and I went to church. I know all about that, but I never really went to church. And except when I had to go with my grandma and I, she made me go. But, <laughs> you listened to grandma. Okay. <laughs> yes. I had to listen to grandma, but I'm, I grew up with, with a kind of a heathenistic family. So the album is called bad for me. And I was like, I'm going to do themes of songs that are, um, the whole story, whatever the story is at the time, it's like, it's something that's bad for you. Like the title. And I'm like you, I, I, I grew up listening to music that I always thought like an album name should have a name of the song in it. And so we we wrote the song bad for me. It's about a stripper. Cause I used to work at a strip club when I met my wife, she's the sheriff's office. And I was like the door and I did stuff like that. Yeah. And so I met her, uh, <laughs> I told her where I worked when I met her. And then I, went, I remember taking her out to eat and I'm paying dinner for it. I have all these ones. She goes, where are you at? The strip club? It's like, I told you that's where I work. And she, I didn't work there much longer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, you know, hey, paying the bills. I, I, I don't know if that would be my realm, but I can't judge. 
Right. Well, I mean, it, I was doing what I had to do, you know, cause I had custody right. of my son and I, you know, I work. So I always, I can't really see it on here. Um, but it's my, my tattoo on my arm oh, yeah, yeah. is a uh, judge, not that you be not judged. That's the opening scripture at my dad's funeral. Like I said, when he was his biker, got killed on his motorcycle. Uh, that's how I lived my life. I was like, I'm what I do and what you do. That's fine. Do whatever you got to do. I don't judge people. Yeah. I should have. If all, yeah. if you guys knew all the trouble I made, you'd be judging me. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, you know, I think that's a, one of those, those big, heavy topics. A lot of times. Uh, that fall uh, kind of through the cracks of people like, Oh no, like we don't want to talk about it, but it's like, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. You know, I'm going to continue to go back to what the word is for, mm-hmm. for me and, and my beliefs. And um, I'm called to love and, and I can accept someone where they're at. That doesn't mean I have to approve of it. Um, and I, I think that that's, that's huge when we come in and, and we accept people where they're at um, and just open our arms to them and love them like Christ would. You know, it's not like we're rolling in saying, pointing fingers. What's that going to do? That's going to just turn someone the other way. Like, that's not that's not my jam. Right. And and I've never had problems with people doing their own thing. As long as it doesn't bother me, what what you're it doesn't affect me. Why do I care? Yeah, it's the you same do thing. You, I'll do me. <laughs> right. It's like when I do album reviews. And I, I'm going to tell you, like when you got an album review, I'll I'll do it. My album reviews are different. I don't critique it. That's my opinion. What does it matter? What we do is we listen to the song and you tell me the story. And that's it. That's that's what I want to hear. It's a songwriter. I want to hear the story. I want to hear the song. Other that's than that, cool. my opinion, I keep it to myself. I'll I'll tell you stuff that it makes me think of. As you yeah. see, I've already told you Folgers coffee and weird stuff just pops in my head, but it's, that's how I do that. So if you ever want to do that, you're more than welcome to come back on and we'll, we'll do that too. Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to hear um, the interpretation of, of what maybe some of the songs on Be The Light are for you. Cause I think that is something that's so cool about music. When you listen to a song, it's like every single thing is different for every one of us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so hard when a lot of times people are like, well, I have to do it or you have to do it this way because that's the way. And it's like, well, what? Right. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, I see, I might see that I might get something completely different out of it than, than the person next to me. See, I like to blend songs and, and cultures and music because I had a, a gentleman on here um, a couple months ago, maybe I, it's time kind of, it's funny when you, when you do podcast and recordings, um, but I had, a, he was from South Africa and he did like a wow. reggae kind of, um, pop. Um, uh, I don't even remember what he called it. It was more than just reggae. It was some other stuff. And it was funny. He, he, he spoke French, but he spoke a little bit of English, right? It was like broken English. And I told him between his accent and mine, nobody's going to understand what the hell we're saying, but you know what? <laughs> the, the music that we'll listen to. It. And I, it was, it was so funny because. I, I even told him is the music he was singing in French. I didn't know what he was saying, but I told him I can, it made me feel something. And that's what music does. It across does. the board. It is. It is the universal language that it is. It's something that, like you said, it doesn't matter that you really couldn't understand the words that he was saying, but it made you feel something like, mm-hmm. you know, our drummer, he's, um, he teaches, drum lessons and one of his students um is and I, I forgive me if he's listening and I have this wrong but I believe that he's Indian um and his family um goes over to um 
in Indonesia, I think. I know the culture they that the very, very um completely different music style. And they they drum and they have these three to four month drum sessions that they they want the, the children to learn. And so um the moral of the story is our drummer has been learning some of their drumming patterns to teach a student. And he's like, you know, I have no idea what this language is saying. I got no idea. He's like, it, it literally sometimes doesn't sound like they're saying anything. He's like, but it it is so cool because it just feels so different. Um, you know, so and if I have the 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 country and, and the uh, the culture and nationality incorrect, I apologize. But it was just so cool to hear him say, you know, he was learning something that he never would have learned before if it wasn't for his student that he was he was going to teach. And, you know, he's like, yeah, I don't know what they're saying. He's like, but it's cool. You know, it, it's this realm of uh, music that still speaks to me, even though I literally can't understand them. Yeah, I would see. I I want one of my songs eventually is going to have a sitar in it. I want it. I want it in there. I don't know how I'm going to write it, but I'm going to put it in there. Do it. Sitar <laughs> <laughs> and steel drums with a banjo. I don't know why. What it's going to sound like? <laughs> hey, stranger things have been done in the world, so I have I have faith in you. Right. <laughs> I don't know how much faith we had put it there. <laughs> All right, back to the will of death. What's the weirdest thing that you've ever eaten? Ooh. I can tell you mind while you're thinking about it. I've had, and it's only weird to p- other people. To me, it was normal. Peanut butter and spam sandwiches. Oh, that's all. <laughs> but not cooked spam. I can't eat cooked spam with peanut butter. It's got to be right out of the mm-hmm. can and put in the refrigerator for a day. And then I can eat it. It's good. <laughs> no. No. Okay. So the strangest thing I think I've ever eaten. I mean, I don't know if it's strange, though. Like, do you guys eat cow tongue in Georgia? Uh, I do not, but my, I do have my, we just got a cow. We had a tongue. We ended up selling the cow tongue. My wife wanted to eat one. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, depending on how it's prepared, it's really good. So like, that would be something I think that was strange, but like, uh, I had, you know, those little worms, those little mealworm things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would maybe be, I don't know that I eat really strange stuff. My the husband cow- would say that I eat strange stuff. Cause I like to eat salads and fruits and vegetables, but <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, I don't, I try to eat normal things. My wife is (laughs) is vegetarian. I'm like, you married the wrong person. (laughs) Oh, vegetarian. That's tough. That's She's not a very good vegetarian though. Don't let her, every time I make pork chops, she's over there eating my pork chops. I'm like, Hey, that is not vegetables. You're eating meat. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, that's right. That's not, that's pork pig there. Right. Well, let's listen to another one of your songs. We got time for one more of your songs, and then we'll ask a couple more questions to play around. But uh, I always Perfect. let you I'll let you get three in. So, what's the third and final song you want everybody to hear? Oh goodness, I would say it's a toss up. The old me. I was going to say one more country song, but we already kind of hit on the country. The old me is. Uh, we also have a music video out for that, and that's a that's a good one. What's the story behind the old me? So the old me came out of a a time when I was looking back at like the type of person or who I felt that I was at a certain point in time. And it just felt like those decisions and those choices that I made as that quote person or, or that stage of life I was living in, uh, they still come back to haunt me, even though I feel I'm not the same person anymore. So it's almost like 
the description of the ripple effect of how our decisions affect us in our lives. And they sometimes are scary when they come back, you know, there's sometimes, you know, when, when those decisions that we made, when they reoccur and, and the repercussions occur, sometimes they're, there are a lot to handle and you kind of have to, to process how you're going to react and how you're going to handle that situation moving on. And so that was where the song came from. And just feeling that even though I felt that, that the old me quote, old me was no longer present in my reality, that person, uh, could still come back any day, you know, that person or who I was, was still maybe going to creep through the door or still going to show up and just take over the person that I became. And so it was like this haunting idea that that was still a reality that could happen. Um, so I think out of all of the songs on, um, on breathe this song and another song are, are, are pretty deep, I guess. Okay. <laughs> um, but we, uh, we had a, a really awesome time putting a music video together for this song. Um, so if you get a chance to watch that on YouTube, I would recommend it and then follow it up with big white truck to lift the mood. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you said big white truck, the video earlier, my video idea was funny. I was thinking like little, you know, kids have the little cars. So yeah, I, I imagine like a little toddler in his big white truck coming to pick up a little girl and driving her around. Well, listen, I, I if you watch the video, I feel like I look like a toddler for how big the truck <laughs> is. So <laughs> go go watch it and decide for yourself. Absolutely. All right, I'm going to mute us and just let me know when you hear it. scary movie who in this battle of me it's one you cannot see time passes and i can see i don't like who i used to be sometimes it's hard to breathe feels like eternity if time heals everything it's not so true with pain don't look at myself the same there's no one else to blame Life flashes before my eyes All good memories in disguise My ghost might set me free My heart at peace will be The only me still haunts me Like a scene from a scary movie I look back and I See you. 
that has to be the favorite one I've heard so far. <laughs> I, re- I really, really like that. It says drum loop, right? Yeah. It's got a drum loop going through it. It does have a drum loop. You got it. I, I like the drum loop. I know people like, oh, you yeah, real drums. I like drum loop sometimes. I think it, it works for the songs. Is yeah. That- it. You know, we don't have too many. I think there's only maybe one other song that has a drum loop on it. And uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of which one it is now. But uh, I think it fits that song. I think it, it fits the groove of it. And we... Uh, when we went to Nashville to record this, we, we talked about a drum loop and they were like, nah, we're not going to do a drum loop. And then we got in really late. And so we met with the uh, studio manager at the time and he was like, just come over to my house. We don't have time at the studio. And like, he has like this little tiny studio in the back of his house. It was like next to his lawn tractor. And that's where we did, we did the drum loop because that's just how it worked out. And it was like such a cool, you know, totally Nashville experience uh, to, to, put that drum loop together and and I it works I think it works too I know people get the same way oh it's a drum loop but oh, I like I, I like the drum loop because it's got the the, the the kick is a lot deeper that's what I it really is. love it makes it's that earworm that they put in there it's like the beat you know that I really yeah. like and I love Absolutely. the my own worst enemy part I I, I wrote so much down oh this cool one. that's that's a favorite line because everybody can relate I'm my own worst enemy that's so relatable Thank you. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, I feel like that's something we often uh, toy around in our, in our, in our brains, whether Mm -hmm. no matter where we are at in our stage of life would tend to be like, Oh man, I'm not, you know, we are our own worst center. We're our own worst critic, whatever it might be. It Mm -hmm. might be our schoolwork. It might be our job, our marriage, our life, whatever. It just tends to be our human nature to be very critical and, and almost harder on ourselves than we need to be at times. Right. And listen to the songs. So I love solos and guitars. Uh, any song, I'll put solos beginning, middle, end. I don't care. I, I love solo stuff. That was a really shout good out song. to Joey B on that. He was he's that uh, he's great. He's shredding it on that one. It's like yeah. its own little vocal line almost with that guitar piece in there. Yeah, give your band some love. Who's all in your band? So we got uh, Joe Mattis is our drummer. We call him Mad Dog Mattis. Uh, that is like his nickname. So if we ever hear us at a show, like yo mad dog, that's our drummer. <laughs> and, um, we have Joe Barzowski, who's lead guitar and he is, you know, the one you would hear shredding a lot on there. And we also have a, a bass player that's playing right now for us. Uh, he just cut our record in Nashville with us. His name's Danny Walters. And, um, our, our previous bass player, uh, John Nobler, who was on the other records as well. So um we kind of have this little eclectic group and um the the three stooges, myself and the two Joes right now are, are rocking and rolling. <laughs> yes, bands are fun. I like I said, I, I love band life. It's so it was there's so many stories. There is. We wrote a song about it. <laughs> okay. Tell me about it. Bad case. I don't know if I can tell too much about it because I feel like it would give it away, but it's on our album Red and it's called Bad Case. And it came out of this experience that first started out as like something bad happened to one of our band members and was like nasty we're like oh man that's nasty Uh so we would always be like oh that's a bad case of nasty so we sat down in the kitchen one night and just wrote all of these (laughs) scenarios that would be like kind of like a bad case of nasty like ooh, that's kind of gross or that's very unfortunate that that happened to you and (laughs) it kind of just came to be this fun a groove song called bad case so if you ever want to know what the words are about listen to the song 
and send my message. I'll tell you what they're about. <laughs> or so, just leave it to your own interpretation. Yeah, see, I like now I write most of the songs in, in the in the band. I, I'm, I'm right on all of them. But by doing that, they started getting the writer's book right now. Mm-hmm. We've got a new guitarist and new keys. He, he They write, too. So they're 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 new and they write. That to me is fun. Now I've got other songs. Yeah. But my my drummer, Patrick, is one that he he loves music and he's by doing this, he started getting that creative juice. Now his, his version of songwriting is a little weird. Like he said, all right, Jesse, I got an idea for a song. As I would as a Patrick, he goes, there's this couple and they're on a farm and they're poor. What do you got? That's what he gave me. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. <laughs> okay. I said, wait a minute. Okay. So now, I did write something. I got it. I said, this is going to take me a minute. Hang on. So I started thinking about it. I was like, okay. So I wrote a song called, uh, or we wrote the song called dirt on my yellow brick road. It's about a, a guy who lost, and that's going to be on that bad for me because he has a gambling problem. He got a thousand acre farm that was like gifted to him, right? He got it from his family. And because of his gambling problem, he lost it. He lost the farm. Okay. And so that's where the dirt on my yellow brick road came from. Yeah. So, but we did that. I will definitely have to listen to that. That's like they're like a cool concept. And uh to your drummer, like the fact that you just whipped something out like that, like you know, I feel like I kind of have to have like the right mood to write a song. Um, or just kind of hits me and then I write it down or I have like a napkin and there's like this three sentences on it and it like, doesn't make any sense to the public, but it makes right. sense to me. So um that's cool. You got a song out of that though. Yeah, well, we do that at practice at the end, we're all tired and we're just bored so we just start playing around and me- doing like medleys and writing songs before we do it and that's that's what happened and i'll let you hear the song that we wrote at the at the end i said that he helped me write that's his first song because i, I love band camaraderie if you're not in a band you don't really understand the camaraderie and it's yeah kind of- it's like a big it's a big band family um and i i um been really fortunate um with the guys that i've been working with and especially coming home from this last album and, and just working with um, Joe and Joe, Matt, Joe and Mad Dog um, on this album. It has been, it's been, it's been awesome. And then we had Dan come down and, and play bass and, you know, he was a rock star. He, he rolled in and and Dan learned our songs and uh, played on the album for us. And he just meshed so well. So like to see that, happen in such a short amount of time um and and work with other people that enjoy music the way that you do or have as much of a passion in just creating um and just throwing something at the wall and seeing it sticks you know it doesn't mean it's right or it doesn't mean it's wrong it just means you're going to create right. and to have that positive environment is like almost un- unreal sometimes now we have a time. We'll do a couple more questions, but before we get into like a couple more from the will of death, I'm going to have to get like a voiceover, the will of death and play. That's it right. You'll have to, yeah. You'll have to do a drop D or something with your vocal. <laughs> uh, tell everybody all the social media where they can find you, all that stuff. Yeah. So um, all of our social media is, is very prevalent. Uh, if you type in the Jess Zimmerman band, uh, you'll find our Facebook, Instagram. I do have TikTok, not my favorite thing. Uh, so <laughs> I, I'm on there if you want it. So I try, but I'm, I'm much more prevalent on Instagram and Facebook. And our webpage is uh, www.jzband.org. It has our entire tour date 
um, listed as, as what we have booked now. And we have some really exciting news coming out in like 72 hours. Um, so you will, you're literally like the first, um, podcast that we'll be able to, to share that. And I think it'll probably come out after, um, but that's okay. We're excited. We've got some cool stuff coming up and that, yeah, webpage, Facebook, Instagram, we're very active on social media. And then all of our music is on all streaming platforms. You can, Hey Alexa, play the Jess Zimmerman band and we should pop up really emphasize the Z. Otherwise you're going to get Justin Bieber. I have no idea why. <laughs> I don't get it. And I hope someday he hears, hears this. Cause I've said it multiple times because it, it's happened multiple times. We'll be like, Hey Alexa, play the Jess Zimmerman band. And then they'll be like playing Justin Bieber. And it's like, what, <laughs> what? So, you know, maybe he'll, he'll be like play Justin Bieber and we'll pop up someday. I don't know. Um, but yeah, we're, we're everywhere. Look for the red hair. You'll be able to find us the Jess Zimmerman band, YouTube, and then our new album. That's that'll be out very very soon yes and like i said if i was to google it or i'd say hey alexa it's not going to work with my accent it does it never <laughs> works it's like a, it's like a game that I, I actually wrote a song because of it i was like i'm gonna see how many phones i can make go off so i wrote a song called hey google and the idea of it was google everybody looks up on google for everything right oh, so they we look do up, we do they, so i was like all right i'm gonna see if they can if you how do you look up for to fix a broken heart and that was the idea for hey google but the, the, and honestly, the initial thought of the song was, I want to see how many phones I can make go off when I sing, Hey Google. And it's, and I, I realized that I have to, and I've done it my phone every time I do it, my phone goes off, but I have to, I can't sing it. I have to like, say it, right? Say and, it. And then so that's a, that's a cool concept though. I mean, you know, seriously though, how many times do we, you know, I'm like, Oh my word, I have this bump on my shoulder and I Google it and it's like, now I need my arm amputated. <laughs> like we all do it. We do. My like, wife is horrible. About that. I'm like, why do you even do. look, you know, it's cancer. You might as well not even Google it. That's what they're going to tell yeah, you. The first thing is cancer. I just go buy myself a shovel at this point. Cause Google said I need to be six feet under. Like it's, it's so bad the stuff you find on the internet at times. It really is. Yes. Oh, I said, I'll stay. And there it goes there. It went off. <laughs> My, my hey google phone uh thank you for coming on jess we're not done yet but we got a couple more things i did think of a uh cover song for you oh okay all right so cover song challenge do it ever whenever you can if you don't want to do it that's fine too but uh heart <gasps> alone alone love that song then do it your way and then there's, love there's, that song like i said no there's no time limit and when you do it tag me or send me the video i'll post it on tiktok i know tiktok is one of those necessary evils. i don't use totally. it totally we can but. totally make that happen my uh my husband when he's not selling tractor parts he plays piano and runs lights for us in the band he doesn't play piano in the band but he runs our lighting system so uh i'm gonna be like hey you're gonna have to learn alone by heart and uh we're gonna have to make that happen i love that song so i will do my best yes and do it your way it doesn't have to be Ooh. whatever way if you want to make it reggae i don't care however you want to do it you just you just do it your style like, out. right i did it with beat it i took it and made it reggae so i just kind of made it that. a little rhythm beat <laughs> love that but again thank you for coming on yeah we're, thanks for having me we're not done but i wanted to make sure that you understood the cover challenge and got everybody here's your stuff and uh when this does come out i'll let you know it will be uh you got a, about a month or two before i can release it i have so many more in front of you i had to start doing two episodes a week to release 
uh, cause I record four times a week somehow. That, nice. I was like, well, how am I, rec- I got to record this and that. I, I lose track, but yeah. Um, when I do release it, I will always put it into the Georgia Songbird Weekly Top 10 Countdown. I don't know if you know what that is. Okay. It's a, I have a radio station that I run, um, and it's 14 songs, top 10. It's all fan-based votes, so the top 10 are voted on, and then I introduce four new songs each week. If you last 12 weeks, uh, then you get a feature it on a radio station in Paris. It's kind of a very cool lady works that way. And then I'll put you in rotation on the radio station as well, too. Love that. Thank you. Here we go. Oh, and I always tell my guests two things that I always require is one, of course, is shared everywhere. But two, uh, if you know of any other artists, bands, songwriters that we should hear, send them my way. I'd love talking to new people. And it doesn't matter the style or where they're at in their journey. I will yeah. talk to them. Absolutely. I will do that. I have quite a few people that popped in my head right now. So I'll make sure I get them to you. Yeah, just email, email me the list. All right. Will of Death, what do you got? What are three things on your bucket list? Oh, that's a good one. Three things on my bucket list. All right. Um, in no particular order. Play the Grand Ole Opry. Play on the Grand Ole Opry. Like, mm-hmm. have a night. Um, I would say win a Grammy, but that would be like, that's like a little wishy-washy win a Grammy. I don't know. Um. And travel way more than I already am. So win a Grammy slash uh, have my music reach the fullest potential, if that can be a bucket list thing. Yeah, absolutely. So like Grammy and those things. I feel like if you win a Grammy, your music's probably doing something at that point. So yeah. hopefully um, <laughs> those will be those will be my, my top three and nice. drag my husband and two dogs and four chickens and lizard and all that along with me <laughs> <laughs> now does your uh, husband sing or anything too will he sing with you he does yeah yeah he does so um he um when i'm playing on the road or when i'm traveling uh if he's at home working sometimes he'll do acoustic shows or, or play piano and he'll sing and do that kind of thing so though if he can come along we do have a show that has lights and moving and all that kind of stuff. So he programs our lighting for that as well. So he's kind of a jack of a lot of different trades and is involved in a lot of things. So he, uh, we actually met that because he played piano and saw that I had a band and he was like, Hey, I play piano. Do you need a piano player? And I was like, no, but thanks. And so we kind of just kept in contact because we knew some mutual people. And as time went on, he was like, why don't we just get together and talk about music? You know, I'm really be into songwriting. I know you do some of that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, long story short, we, we're married now. So, <laughs> <laughs> see, that's a very good story. See, I, I have a me and my wife met. It's funny, I wrote a song on how we met, but it's nothing how we met. Like, I my song is another me on album. I said, yeah, because she works for the sheriff's office. So, I said, I tell everybody, oh, yeah, they brought me in handcuffs and she fell in love. She goes, that is not <laughs> how we met. Do not tell people that because they believe it. The real way we met was my, I went through a divorce. Uh, she was going through a divorce and I'd been separated for, I don't know how long I was my, I had custody of my son, uh, and my sister worked HR for the, the County. And so my wife, Diana, she just had, I went through a divorce. She's military and she was gone for two years and her husband did what he did. And so she's divorced. 
So yeah. we, we got meeting and we, we met up on uh, MySpace, right? Oh, MySpace. MySpace. I'm, I'm dating myself now. And I, I never knew how to do like on, online dating. Cause I mean, I, I was 19 years old when I got married the first time I had a kid. I did. I, I got married to the lady and I, I thought that's what we're supposed to do. And it is what you're supposed to do in my, in my, my views. But I was like, okay, I never online dated. My mom, <laughs> for some reason, knew how to online date. And I'm like, okay, that's a whole nother story, mama. Why do you know how to, <laughs> why do you know this? She's, I said, right, what do you do? Different, she day. Goes, different, different story for a different day. Yes. I got it. I'm, I get, before she died, I'm glad I did. I got her on a podcast. I did a Mother's Day special with her and I got, and she kind of threw me under the bus. But, um, oh, well, it's moms though. But she told me, she said, okay, don't, she said, don't give it all away at once. So just don't really answer questions as much. I was like, okay. So I would like my wife, my wife now, she'd ask me questions. I'd answer like one word answers. Yeah, no, you know, just like kids that are coming home from school. How's your day? It was good. You know, and it, would, it drove her crazy. And then we ended up meeting at Cracker Barrel. And uh, that was our first oh, date. Classic. Yes. So Cracker Barrel in my space. And I, every time I tell somebody that story, they're like, you got to write that song. <laughs> That's great. Cracker Barrel in MySpace. That's how we met. Now that that ain't country, I don't know what is. <laughs> right. Oh man. Hey, I but Cracker Barrel, I will give them a shout out. The guys in my band are obsessed. So you must be doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> they got some good food. And you know what? I may go get some food from Cracker Barrel in a minute. <laughs> there you go. All right. Will of Death, what do you got for us? What is the weirdest trend you have ever participated in? I went through like this phase at one point where it was cool to collect like monster drink tabs. I don't know if anybody else went through that, but that was like the thing to do. Like you made like necklaces and like you like kept them on your neck or like you put them on your keychain or like that was, I don't know why, but that was like a weird phase. And then there was a long, long side of that same time. It was like the bobby pin and you made like beads on the bobby pin and then you made like bracelets out of them. And they were like usually um, very black, white, pink, red emo kind of thing. Uh, so that was a that was a, a, a trend I was hardcore in for a while. I had short, spiky hair at the time. Um, I would say definitely the monster can thing. That was weird. I don't know why that was ever a thing. I don't. Even, I don't drink Monster anymore. Um, I. I have not for a very long time. Um, but I remember, like, my sister had like this huge necklace with like tons of these Monster the little tabs because they were different colors, and mm -hmm. I don't think they were ever worth anything. I just. I don't know. It was just a, a thing. Maybe we only did it in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania, and I like maybe that's the only thing. I, Maybe it never happened anywhere else, but it was definitely something we did in in uh, in my era. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember collecting tabs. Now I never drank Monster. I did have Red Bull, but it's usually because I'm having a Jaeger bomb, and so I was like Red Bull. Oh yeah. Now yeah I'm no yeah it was definitely it was definitely I think it was a middle school thing, like you know I don't know why why that was so popular, but like I said, I I went to a Mennonite school, so maybe that was like our way of rebelling by drinking energy drinks. I don't know. <laughs> All right, I got one more will of death question for you, and then uh, a question that I ask everybody at the end. All right, will of death, what do you got for us? What's your favorite dessert? Ooh, man, these are like tough ones. I should I should ask myself these questions more often. My favorite dessert. I love chocolate, like chocolate, chocolate fruit, like covered fruit. Um, 
Is coffee considered a dessert though? I don't know if it really is. Could be. I, I don't, I don't like chocolate or coffee. My, I only drink coffee when it's cold outside. Yeah, I know. I'm weird. I don't like coffee. My wife loves coffee. She's going to drink them. It's like, no. My I husband said, doesn't drink coffee either. So you guys must've drank some water at some point that made you not need it or whatever. But yeah, I'd have to definitely say, uh, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for dessert being chocolate or coffee. Like those are, I have a sweet tooth, so can't really go wrong with those two things. Being in uh, Pennsylvania, have you ever been to Hershey's? And- oh my word. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm not far from Hershey by any means at all. So when we were kids, our company that we used to sell milk from, from the farm would have like family day and it was at Hershey park. So they would like run out a pavilion and then you would eat there and then you go on all the rides at Hershey park. And so, uh, we've been to, to Hershey. I've been there many, many times. <laughs> I have not been, I have, that's a place I've taken my wife. Cause I know she wants to go. Go. It is, it is. Hershey's a very beautiful, a very beautiful area. And, and just the, the theme park and then the chocolate world, that's, really cool to see. And then it's surrounded basically, you know, if you go over to Lebanon and, and Lancaster counties, you're going to have the farmland and, and all of that. And it's uh you can, you can definitely eat a lot of chocolate if you, <laughs> if you want it. I'll leave that to her. The only chocolate I really ever liked was the fudge that my papa made. And I don't know how he did it. He, he always did it in a um, uh, cast iron uh, skillet. I remember that. And he might have put PBR in it as far as I know. I don't remember. Yeah, I was gonna it, say, man. He he would do it and it it was weird. My sister, she told me she she gave me like the list of how to did it. It was like he put it in the skillet and then he'd run it circle counterclockwise and go clockwise and then throw in. I mean, it, it was like a long, weird list, but that was the only fudge. I mean, it was just so good. I couldn't I couldn't eat it. It was so great. I, I feel like if it goes through that kind of process, it's it's probably uh it's, it's probably like a, a heritage thing. Like it's been passed down for generations. <laughs> right. And I don't, I have a horrible memory, so it's gone. <laughs> we have whoopie pies in Pennsylvania. So if you come to Hershey, you'll have to, you'll have to get whoopie pies, which are kind of like moon pies, but I think they're better. And usually like the Amish or Mennonite make them. So I would recommend put that on your bucket list to get a whoopie pie or shoe fly pie or both. See, my keyboardist, the guy that's new, his name is Tom. He actually, the way I met him was podcast. He came onto the podcast. He, he was, his son lives in Georgia, who's now the guitarist for us too. But he came oh. to Georgia for, to be on a podcast. I was like, yeah, come on down. He, he brought me so much food from Pennsylvania. I mean, he brought me like Slim Jims and chocolates and I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's like a goodie basket. I'm like, oh my, I said, man, you just don't realize the bar you just set for everybody else. Yes. But it was so yeah. good. There's some good food, and I mean, I'll, it's it's definitely like Pennsylvania Dutch food, but mm-hmm. um, it's good. Shady Maple Smorgasbord is another one you'll have to hit up if you come to Pennsylvania. It's not far from Hershey, and it is a huge, just a huge smorgasbord. You can just go in, and then if you want to sit on a couch, take a nap, and go for round two, like there's a couch there. So definitely go to that <laughs> I, I will definitely do that and i'll let you know uh, i got one more question for you for in in the interview um what is the best advice you've ever got oh that's a good I, i'm i'm digging these questions I'm, I'm really making me think the best advice i ever got is from my grandma and her saying is why worry when you can pray 
And it's just something that's always stuck with me. And I, I've always felt that instead of wasting my time worrying about something, I could just turn it over to the Lord and I can pray about it. And it doesn't mean I have to just be like, yeah, I'll pray about it and it'll go away. But it'll give me that time to just sit back and breathe and take a second in and be like, okay, I don't have to worry about this. There's only so many things I can control. So that is one of uh, the, the best pieces of advice I think I've ever ever gotten okay um, and that's from my grandma that's i like that i like that's why i like ending the show on advice so if somebody can that's listening and and they're they want to maybe they're going through something and they can just take that advice to heart and uh pray on yeah that's a great i love that that's a great idea to, to end your show that way that's very that's very cool so again th- again thank you for coming on the show jess really i appreciate you coming on i'm glad that we got it worked out and i didn't miss the date and <laughs> I forget to no, send you to Zoom. You're good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad it worked out. I appreciate you having me and um and, and your questions, the, the wheel of death questions, those were good. I, I wish I would have more exciting experiences to be able to share, but um, you know, maybe those are to come. Yeah. And like I said, you're more than welcome to come back on anytime. The wheel of death isn't going anywhere. Uh and you'll have <laughs> new, waiting for me. All right. And you'll have new uh experiences that's coming out because you got your music coming out. If you want to do the album review, really come back. I, I'm more than welcome. You're more than welcome to come on. Uh, we'll do, like I said, it's not a critique. It's a storytelling. You tell me stories, we listen to music. That's it. The whole album. We're going through it. Perfect. I love that. I, I thank you, Jesse. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate it. This has been, it's been fun. All right. Everybody, that's the Georgia Songbirds, and that was Jess Zimmerman.